What was the other word? Uh, complication. Complication is m- me not understanding something. Right. Love both the answers. <laughs> That's probably closer to the feeling. Right. Um, what is a feeling? <laughs> we're, we're, record- we're recording now. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 19 of Australian Design Radio, to provide Australia and the world with conversations and commentary on Australian design. I'm Flynn Tracy, and with me as always is Mr. Matt Leach. Hello. Booyah! <laughs> Matt just, has written booyah in the notes, so... I just felt like I needed to change it up. I think every time I just go, hello, and yeah. I just... When I listen back to it, I'm like... It sounds oh. a little effeminate. Yeah. Yeah, it <laughs> no, does. just, Out, just boring. Oh, really? Okay. Well, just scratch that then. So, I'm going to jump in real quick and tell you who we've got because we had a really full-on discussion. We did. Uh, with Matt Jackson. And Matt Jackson is the owner of Drawing Book Studios. He's also the founder of Effectors, uh, which he's also really well known for. And what probably people don't know is he's just started his own school, which is called the Effectors Academy. Or, depending who you talk to, sometimes called the Drawing Book Academy as well. So... He, interestingly enough, has just been asked to go over to Los Angeles by Adobe cool. to uh, speak at their conference. Yeah. And I think what's really interesting for me is that idea that he hasn't been asked over for any of the big things he's done in the design world or illustration world, but he's yeah. been asked over for his poetry. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we so get a bit of a bit of a taste of the poetry. We get the a end bit of a well. taste of the poetry, and yeah. I, it was it was really good. It was great. So it and was, look, anyone who good. knows Matt and who's talked with Matt before knows that he he likes a tangent. And you have a history with him as well. Yeah. So we, uh, I think when he first moved to Sydney, he he started working with me on Empty Magazine. So Empty he was Mag. one of our regular contributors. Yep. Um, so yeah. So I go back a long way with him. Yeah. Really lovely guy. Mm. Just super passionate about everything he does. Yeah, definitely. We spoke a lot about language as well in the context of language yes. and kind of talked about, I think what kicked that off was effectors and effectors, which I struggle with as well. So, it's yeah, good I got a little bit of a lesson. And he definitely goes into like the details about that because I think that's what his whole, well, his whole ethos is all based around. Yeah, there's a sweet ice cream story in there that everyone's going to really like. <laughs> sweet Get ice it? cream. Yeah, nice. what's up? <laughs> Enjoy. Bye. Harper Lee. Has anyone read the new Harper Lee novel? See, that's so that's do you, do you know the story behind this? So, um, oh god, I've got a complete mind blank. Yeah. Let's see you dig your way out of this one. Neither we're both shaking yeah. our heads. We can't you can help just make you something here. up. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to edit this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a think about it. We'll to come kill, back to, it. to kill a mockingbird was her, her original one, but right. they found this manuscript which like predated that or mm. it, was, it was like a whole different story same characters and they've just released it and it's like it's like number one do you no one reads okay no, fine we don't read fuck you all <laughs> Matthew you know that I read I do don't be that. I may not be reading what you're reading at the moment <laughs> and I may not choose to read the same things that you choose to read and you doesn't know, mean I don't read and you know I don't read so that question was clearly redundant <laughs> given the audience I think, I think we should play a little game with Matt that I've been playing with my two and a half year old son no pressure but he gets it <laughs> oh god <laughs> so I ask Rip what noise does a donkey make and he e- says Eeyore Eeyore Eeyore, Eeyore. Yeah. and I say what noise does a fire engine make and he says, Eeyore, Eeyore, Eeyore. So I say, does that mean that a fire engine is a donkey? 
then I ask him, what noise does a donkey make? And he says, eeyore, eeyore, eeyore. I say, what noise does a fire engine make? And he says, nino, nino, nino. <laughs> so he's self-editing. Yeah. Well, he's understanding the break in the logic. Right. right? Unlike you. <laughs> Who thinks that? Because I'm not reading what you're reading. I'm obviously not <laughs> reading. No one reads. <laughs> nobody reads. <laughs> Perfect. Let's shift topics. Let's talk about you. <laughs> so... I can't really keep up with the amount of businesses or things that you have going on. It's like, it, so drawing book is yours and drawing book, do you want to explain drawing book in a sentence what it is for anyone who doesn't know? Uh, drawing book at its core is a group of managers who find work for visual artists and help clients to visually express themselves, ideas or themes or pilots or productions and then out of that you then you develop effectors is it the effectors or effectors effectors which is a slightly different it's 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 not an agency but it's a it's a group of people from multi-disciplines who kind of go in and solve problems whatever whatever that may be is that is that an uh, accurate Summation. <laughs> that would that would be like solving problems would be an activity that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, the what defines the the class, so to speak, um, is that everyone involved in effectors has the desire to move hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. Um, where you apply that and to what purpose um, depends on the client, and also whether we want to help that client. Right. So that's not everybody. No, moving hearts and minds is is powerful Hmm. so um, we are quite specific about that we will say like uh, at an event or at Vivid or or something like that where people ask us and and one of our agendas is to find somebody we want to help right Um, so a good example of our client list is uh, Adobe Um, they've changed the landscape of creativity and I believe that they're taking digital to a more intuitive place mm-hmm. um, so we fully support that It'll, it's also nice because they allow for the collaboration through the creative cloud but also they support so many different mediums so we can have the anybody who's capable of moving hearts and minds without it being only visual arts or only the written form or yep. only mm-hmm. the video form um, the Starlight Foundation um, that was someone we really really wanted to help yeah it's an amazing foundation so what did you do with them? Uh, they uh, they contacted us because they wanted to reward their team. So that, that and it's a good example because you asked me about solving problems mm. and like they didn't have a problem. They just they have a team of eleven wish granters. Uh, half of that team is about uh, talking to the families and and finding out what the the wish and dream is, and then the other half, which only leaves you with like five or six has to handle the logistics of granting that wish. <laughs> right. That so they've got to get Jim Carrey to come to Australia and whatever. Totally. Or they've right? like or even harder than that. Because I'm sure he'd probably come right. at the moment. <laughs> but the um in Manly, uh, they in the middle of summer they had to create a winter wonderland for someone who'd never been to the snow. Oh wow. And right. let's go back to the numbers. Eleven people. So give me your best guess at in 365 days a year, how many wishes do you think that team would be able to grant? Not, not a lot. 
Especially if it's something like that. Let's keep it moving. It doesn't matter. No judgment. Just All give right, me your number. Four. Let's see if we did. Yeah, if we did, I don't know. Two a month. So like 24. 24. Wow. You you work your staff really hard. <laughs> I, I said four. <laughs> you said four. You said 24. Yeah. And your idea of 24 was that Flynn works his staff really hard. Yeah. <laughs> 550. Really? How? How can they do that? That's they amazing. must divide and conquer, and one person is just. So I think Flynn's like question and the the, sh- the look of disbelief on your face when I said that, hmm. and you were asked to go in there with a armed with a musician and a visual artist and a biomedical engineer. <laughs> we're here to solve the problem. Uh, yeah, you don't say that, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Sit down, everyone. We're going to tell, like tell you something you don't know. <laughs> Sometimes there's not a problem to solve. You know, like there isn't, and. Hmm. Um, they wanted us to like teach them about uh, generating ideas, um, finding inspiration, um, collective intelligence, and uh, creative energy. Creative energy. I mean, like, like let's, we could have just done that. Yeah. I mean, like, how do you do that? Yeah. Um, and we're going in there as, as kind of creative people. Now, if we get really fundamental with creativity, it it has to be the ability to do more with less hmm. to turn nothing into something which they've clearly got let me just remind you of the <laughs> statistics <laughs> yeah so that was like like we wanted to do it because we thought like this organisation is, is phenomenal then when we heard those stats we were like what are we going to do <laughs> with these people and now I can say this to you because it was, it was two weeks ago and they um, they've given us testimonials that we'll be able to put on the website and they had a wonderful day. Um, but I really was humbled. Like we have a, a thing that we banter around, Ben and I, which is audience's hero. Always remember the audience's hero. That was the most inspired by the audience I've ever been. Right. And you've, and you've had a few audiences as well. I mean, I think back to TEDx, which... Um, it was an amazing... I mean, you talked about the effectors then and you talked about the difference between effect and affect, um, which I remember you telling me in a pub somewhere, <coughs> a, few, a few too many beers, baby, but you were very like, this is going to be big. And it was so <laughs> gratifying for me to see, I guess a couple of years later, that like you're on stage and you're actually... And everyone was like nodding, going, yes, absolutely. Um, so... Do you want to elaborate a little bit on the difference between effect and effect? So most people use understand it as you use affect when there's a change to describe the change and you use effect when you're talking about the result at the end. Mm-hmm. So to affect someone um, is to cause a change in them. An affect in the weather or the weather affecting me causes a change mm-hmm. the effect of that might be that I put my umbrella up right 
the video that we've got, which which helps to explain this, is is ice cream. But that that's only because I love ice cream. It's my it's the thing that has the most effect on me. I definitely want to hear the ice cream analogy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People get asked for that. I looked at you guys and you were like, you know, expectant of the ice cream, and I relate to that. Yeah, like, <laughs> so, um, and it it also came from an Eddie Murphy skit where he talks about like All right. when a kid like drops his ice cream. Ball. like that's the saddest face you'll you'll ever see <laughs> yeah um that's from raw or yeah the other one yeah, yeah yeah so ice cream uh so the if you if you were to you know take an like a given ice cream cone to a kid like a three-year-old or a five-year-old um and he would be like so happy like ice cream is like all that he wants to think about at that moment yeah so the affect of like giving like the affect that he has is that happiness yep um now, he like may say thank you, and, and that would be the effect of him doing that. But more likely, he's going to hoe into the ice cream. Mm-hmm. That, that's going to be the effect. He's going to try and swallow it. Then, what if he tips that ice cream ball off the top of the cone? The effect of him tipping it off the top of the cone is that it falls on the ground. But that's not the image that you had in your mind when I said he just knocked the ice cream ball off. What you had in your mind then was the imminent screaming like, despair and yeah. sorrow that he was about to disappear right. into. The effect of that might be that you would buy them another ice cream. The effect of that might be that you would say, like, that's it. Never having an ice cream again. Yep. <laughs> Not going through this again. Pick it up and put it back on the cone. <laughs> but if I was to ask you in, in several weeks to remember that incident, like I believe the most prominent visual you would have in your mind is not the ice cream ball on the ground. It is the look of despair on the child's face. Right. And so that's what creates the memory. Um, so we like took that into one of our values with effectors, which is if you're not making memories, you're wasting time. And I can't get around that. If you can't remember this conversation, no matter how, like you could record this, we could put so much more information into the world, which would be effect, yeah? You could be the most productive podcast in the world. You could just keep putting them out, putting them out, putting them out, putting them out, putting them out. But if nobody's enjoying them, or even worse, if you guys aren't enjoying making them, there's no memory there. Yeah. And that's, I believe that's wasting time. Hmm. So Effectors was, we don't need to make any more of anything. Yeah, that was our metric when we were in the industrial age. Mm. Right. And that was our metric in the information age. Oh, everyone can do stuff now and make stuff. Mm. So more, more, more. Cheaper, faster. Like whoever's making the most, let's just keep it coming. Keep it coming, keep it coming. And now we've got too much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We, like, we don't know where to put it. Like storage is one of the best industries you can go into. I know. It's... Mm. What is That's storage on the street. It's like, hey, we'll just put another house on the street that you can fill up with stuff that you can't fit in your house. It's crazy. Hmm. One of the most successful business coaches in the world, Cameron Herald. His business, 1-800-YOU-GOT-JUNK. And, so what, and what do they do? Pick up your junk. Just pick it up. And you put it on the side of the street, we'll pick it up. In, in Australia or is this an American guy? Canadian. Canadian. You're right. I so, you got junk air. Sorry? You got junk air. 
<laughs> oh, you made a Canadian joke. <laughs> I did, but if you have to explain it, it doesn't count. I love the confidence of that pause. You were like, you'll get it. It made sense. You'll get it. You know, it did totally made sense. It just took me a while to catch up. You yeah, know? I needed to see your face change for the effect. <laughs> that was nice. Um, you were talking, can I jump in now? You were talking before about selecting clients, basically. Mm-hmm. Essentially, right? Because if people are going to pay you at the end of the day, surely, at some stage, that's the business model. So I think it's I think you're in a you're in a position, or you have certainly have the confidence to be in a position where you can select your clients based on this. So have you been in a situation yet, or are you concerned about being in a situation where you have a client that can potentially pay the bills, but you might not want to work with them? Like how hard is it to cut that off and not just work for everyone? tobacco industry yeah i think that's a that's a really present question like i think it's always there Mm. i'm in this position now which i guess we used to call it a purple patch um but i want to try and think of the when i was in that position doing work for people that i don't believe will help us put more examples into the world of the work that we want to do and the people we want to work for has held me back. Right. So I think of like years that went by um, where I didn't make many memories, where I was like kind of struggling to get to the next client and things like that. And what happened was I went into this kind of mindset of self-preservation. And that's a very egotistical, selfish, self-centered mindset because you're just in looking after yourself, keeping the bills paid and things like that. Whereas the product was creativity. The product was thinking laterally and thinking openly and things like that. Um, So not only did I end up doing work for people that I didn't want to do work for, Mm. but I actually devalued my product and didn't do a very good job. Yep. So I don't want that to happen ever again. Mm. If I was actually to pinpoint the turning point, it would be the moment that I got out of my own head. So instead of like saying, this is this great thing that I've got, like imagine if you everyone thought about affect more than they thought about effect and don't you understand the value of this? And I really started to push it on people. Mm. I actually instead thought, no, the whole point of that is that the affect is more important than the effect. So how you feel in this radio interview, how you feel in this client interview, this pitch, is actually more important than whether I actually do the work. And when I did that, I actually started to listen to people. Really, like, how was your morning? How are you feeling right now? (laughs) Really stressed. All right, why are you really stressed? Because this is happening in the business. Oh, okay, can I help you with that? Well, if you know this, this and this person, uh, actually, well, I can't do that for you, but I know someone who can. And then things started to build up because the, the person felt like I cared about them more than I cared about pitching exactly what I'd done before yeah. to do it exactly the same way with them and to charge them the same price. And that didn't work. So I had to get out of my own head. And the, the trick is that, that what you're talking about in terms of the pressure of paying bills and things like that, if you're not careful and you end up doing work for a client that you don't want to do, you're going to end up saying, you know best which means you're backing your own head again. That's a spiral in the wrong direction. Does that answer your question? It's, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> so this is the next step. 
or maybe it's not the next step, but then you've got a sidestep again where you're now doing a school, an academy. And so are you doing, so you're doing Drawing Book Academy, but you're also doing Effectors Academy. Yes. So what's the difference between those two? Okay. So Drawing Book is the business side of visual art mm-hmm. and only that. Effectors Academy is the vision I've had since we met. Yep. Which is bridging the gap between art and commerce. Yep. Uh, now, admittedly, when we met, I seemed to think that the best way to do that was to build it from one side. Yep. Which doesn't work. The bridge collapsed halfway over. Too much pressure. It's the best analo- that's the best use of the analogy of bridging two things that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> that's good. Trying to build a bridge from one side to get to the middle. Whoa. Oh. Splash. Okay, so that, that took nine years well, you had for to me to work that bridge. out. Yeah, well, yeah, no, because I actually did do that and then collapse. Yeah. That's the only reason yeah. I know this. And the beautiful synchronicity of this... And I don't mind if you think I'm a lunatic because this is how everything happens. I think, I think we came into it with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's why, why we asked it. you to come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, as long as I'm living up to your expectations. <laughs> um, so, uh, I went to a seminar. I'll come back, I promise. I went to a seminar with the guy who started the bridge climb business. And he took like an incredible amount of effort. It took an incredible amount of effort and blood and sweat and tears for that business to start. Like, when you think of the amount of bureaucracy involved in that business... He told me about what happened originally, and he's probably told you the same story, and I don't know whether you've heard this, but I use it as a reason to keep on going sometimes. Yeah. <clears throat> he basically said, I'd like to do a bridge climb. And they were like... Then the government, or well, I think it was the state government, kind of thought they were kind of a little bit clever, and they, they sent him back a kind of a list... Of about, I think it was the 200 reasons yes. why he couldn't do it. Oh, right. And he went back a year later and he ticked them all off. Oh, really? And then they couldn't actually say, no. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, really? No, it keeps going. <laughs> oh, does it? <laughs> because you've got the traffic authority as well. Right. <laughs> so they're like, you know, yeah. like, so the, the government and health and safety say that they have to wear the fluorescent jackets. Yep. Because they're health and safety. So then the traffic people say, well, no, that's distracting. You've got people driving on the road. Yeah. They can't be distracted by the fluorescent people going up and down the bridge. New list. Wow. So you got, you got the second list. Second, the so third, he just kept going and, and going and going. Um, I heard the story afterwards um, because one of the first slides he put up was the bridge being built. And I saw like the, the iron kind of yeah. girders going up on either side of North Sydney and, and the CBD. And I jumped out of my seat and left. Because <laughs> I saw it. I was just like, ah, I have spent so long going from one side over to the other. I've really got to think about, like, how does this benefit really the other side? That's exactly what really? happened. So I jotted that all down and I went back in and I saw him and I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. I have been for, trying for to solve this slide. for so long. And he was yeah, like, I didn't, oh. catch the, didn't catch the rest of it. Yeah. Whatever the hell blah, blah, no, blah. it's worse because I really <laughs> admire this guy. Oh, okay, okay. And I'm really excited. You know, this is worse than the Nemo scene where he's telling the joke about the mollusk and the cucumber. <laughs> the guy's just totally like deadpan. Oh. And I'm like, it's disappointing. this is kind of a big moment for me. And he was like, so was that. And you ran out after five minutes. <laughs> and I was like, okay, can we catch up at another time? And can I explain what that all was? And that's when he told me the rest of the story. And, and I shared the wow. story with him. But the, the crucial thing is, like, so I've actually, 
I like metaphors. I'm a poet. Like I, I will, I will be the metaphor. It's not about you know. I'm, I'm not a simile guy. I'm a full metaphor guy. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So the, like, let's think about this. The business model for effectors is the bridge. What makes a good bridge? Structurally, the bridge has to allow people to go from one side to the other. Yeah. But also, like people have to want to go from one side to the other. Makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So a bridge where this side of the bridge is getting you know, more and more profitable, progressive, whatever measure you want, happier, whatever measure you want to use. But this side is not. It's not really a bridge. That's just a path from one place to the other. Yeah. Right. Because no one's coming back. No one's yeah, using- totally. Okay. So a good bridge, both sides are getting more progressive, happier, more profitable, more sustainable, all those sort of things. Mm-hmm. Now, for that to actually happen, people have to feel a sense of belonging mm-hmm. on both sides. Involvement, yeah. And that's what we don't have. There's people who talk about doing business with artists and there's people that, artists that talk about doing, you know, projects and businesses for corporates. Hmm. But they don't actually feel a sense of belonging to both. That Hmm. requires empathy, listening, understanding. Hmm. And now we're back. The affect of the experience is more important than the effect. Mm. <laughs> Does this um, link into... I mean, we've been talking about this. It feels like a bit of a theme for this season. Um, just the whole seeding, like the, the new model for design agencies where they seed designers or digital designers or, you know, UXs in, um, in a client to kind of help build that bridge from both sides. You mean like Da Vinci and Florence? Da Vinci and Florence. What's that? Explain. So... Um, Florence is, is arguably one of our most successful, flourishing cities in mm. the history of mankind. They're extremely wealthy, the Medici family. Right, okay. And they got really scared because they were like, right, well, now we're wealthy. We're a sitting duck. Everybody's going to want to like kill us and mm. ransack the city and steal all the money. And the Medici family were like, well, we can't do this on our own. The only way we're going to defend this city is if everyone wants to defend this city, like the the business. And, yeah. Uh, so their solution was to make the city gorgeous. Yeah. To make it beautiful, so that people wanted to defend it. Like you know, no one was going to do it for the wealth of the Medici family, were they? No. But they would do it for the pride they felt and the belonging they felt for that city. Mm-hmm. And so you get. You've got Da Vinci, da Vinci there. How, how convenient. <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, and, he, and he's got his like, hands in everything. And, and for a very long time, it, 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 well, till his death at least, it worked. There yeah. was a, an awkward period where they sent him to France, but you know, he came back. <laughs> well, no, cause, because they were seeding. It was, it, was a, it was a harsher word than sent as well. <laughs> they, they were seeding him into France. See, that's, I guess that's, that's what I mean. A, yeah. So I don't think it's new. I think it's no, great. no, no. It's, mean, it's, it's definitely not new. I guess it's what it's you're new. actually saying. It's new for the industry, and I think that whole idea of yeah, that, that you would send out designers to kind of infiltrate, infiltrate. Maybe is that the right? It's not a positive word. No, it's not a positive because word. Because you seed. I think they're seeding or they're consulting. Right? They're becoming mm. they're becoming part of the team, kind of yep. temporarily. They're yep. bolting on. They're like a bolt on or a plug in. To kind of plug into a team to to assist that kind of to assist a particular project for a particular outcome, yeah, um, temporarily, and then they go back, and then they might go to a completely different business and do the same thing. Yeah. So what I think is really exciting about what you're describing, that means we're in a renaissance. 
So we're coming out of the dark ages. Are we coming out of the dark ages, sir? So look, I think uh, my wife says I go through short periods of despair, <laughs> um, and I like you know what I was describing before in terms of like just more of everything, more of everything, more of everything is the industrial age. Yeah, um, and we were very close now to being. Exactly that. Like, you know, if you look at the metrics we use to yep. define progress and success, it's, it's actually faster, cheaper, more, 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 more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, like, are we just going to do it again? Hmm. Because like the paradox, and I love paradoxes, is that we, we have more people on this same sized planet as we've ever had before feeling more lonely. How does that make sense? Hmm. We give them the technology to be able to connect with each other more than they've ever had before. And they're more stressed and isolated than they've ever been before. That doesn't make sense. That's pretty dark. Yeah. To go back to your dark ages point. And I think, well, this is totally my belief, and only my belief, is that that is the emphasis on the effect. Because it's not the effect that connects you and I, Matt, or you and I, Flint. It's the the connection actually comes from the feeling that's instilled, right? And I think that's a hallmark of the Renaissance mm. is that the feeling, like, and and so the solution of having like the 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 city feel proud and in love with their beautiful city was put the affect first, then you will get the effect, yep. which is that we will defend mm. our city. Yeah, hmm. I like the idea of. Designers and creators running around with Wacoms, like changing, changing things, like causing some sort of revolution. I just had this like French Revolution thing in my head of like designers <laughs> running around stabbing each other with pens and things. I realise we're talking about a completely different part in history, but that's what I was thinking about. <laughs> See, I, I, I you know, that's you. That's yeah. <laughs> so going back to a more practical kind of, um, let's let's go back to today. Tell the Adobe story. Because we asked you a little bit about this in the pre-show, and we don't even we don't know the end of it, and we wanted to save it so that we got to go through this roller coaster together. And if what we've spoken about already is any indication of the roller coaster we're about to go on, then I want to start right now. Oh, you're gonna hate me right now, but like, like okay, so Claire is is a dear friend of mine. This is Claire Cahill? Yes, from Adobe. Yes. yes. Um, I met her on purely business terms. The first story I told her was the ice cream boy, and the second story I told her was Da Vinci. So, the amazing thing about this is you said, okay, I've, okay. I've seen this gig before. You said, yeah. okay, on more practical terms, like, and, you know, bring it to today, um, you know, practical terms being something, you know, that you could apply to a career and stuff like that. I'm, I'm sorry. That is, like, she will back this up. The, the first two things that I told her was the ice cream boy and Da Vinci. And the reason I talked about Da Vinci was because he... People like to think of him as a genius. Was he not? Well, I think genius is a separation term. So he's on a different... He's a different breed. Exactly. That's, that's, okay. that's how they refer it. So and that's, it's, it's, it's nice and easy to... It's nice and easy. He was a genius, so that's like, why he yeah, did those great no things. There's no pressure on me to perform any feat near him. <laughs> right. Because he comes from another planet. No, he doesn't, actually. He, doesn't, he comes from exactly the same planet, has exactly the same like, genes, mm. capabilities, potential, that any other human being has on this. Mm. So, what if he's not a genius is the question that I asked. Right. What if it's just the environment and the habits that he created in his life? 
And if you look at that, you see that there's a pretty strong argument for that, like just in terms of the diversity of people that he would talk to mm-hmm. and just his like reckless curiosity. That led him to sodomy at the time, which was <laughs> pretty reckless at I the time. I was just being curious. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was just being curious how he got thrown into jail. Like, but what do you do with that guy? You're like, oh, you're saving our city. You're sodomizing people. Like, what do you do? Like, it's true. He cut, over ca- he, um, cut open cadavers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I, I had heard that one. Yeah. So, uh, but yet at the same time, like, you know, inventing helicopters. Uh, uh, military machines that yeah. save the city like he would be a difficult person to manage <laughs> like he would be yeah yeah, yeah. he Mate. was in yeah he went to school with someone didn't he yeah. you don't want to be next to that kid <laughs> <laughs> correcting your pronunciation like, designing the desk next to you and everyone sitting on logs <laughs> it was someone's student so um just to clear her name, Claire and I talked less about the sodomy and the cadavers. <laughs> we talked more about the diversity and the, like, curiosity. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. So, note to kids, be professional <laughs> with the client. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, so that turned into um, a very long quiet period of me, well, quiet period from her end of the phone, constant period on my end of the phone, just following up. And eventually when I got hold of her, and I'm talking like, I would call uh, every second morning and I would send an email every second afternoon. And that email was always like, just just tell me if I'm being annoying. <laughs> and she would say, no, no, no. And I was like, this is, this is strange. My team at Drawing Book was just like, Matt, why, why are you persisting with this? You know, like, surely you're like, maybe just back off. <laughs> like, you'll ruin the, the relationship. And I was like, Zoe, Beck, if we're not talking, there is no relationship. So, there's nothing to lose. So, I'm going to keep calling. So, I kept calling, <laughs> checking in that I wasn't being annoying, important detail, until eventually uh, Claire asked me back in and, and showed me the Adobe new creative campaign. Uh, which was all about that uh, the fact that you could subscribe to the software now and you could yeah. experiment with this and experiment with that. And, right. You know, it was this kind of renaissance theme. Mm. Um, and they were like, did you know about this? And I was like, no, I had, I had no idea that this was happening. And I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's talk about working together then. But there was this kind of like, okay, we have to release this campaign mm. um, because we'll get that out there and then we'll do stuff. And so it started with a very small sponsorship of an exhibition and just kept growing and growing and growing to the point where they asked me to go to Auckland, uh, Melbourne and Brisbane and do poetry with a couple of other artists who did their own medium. Um, Then that led to doing Vivid together in a completely spontaneous like discussion about trust and creativity. Claire and I disagreed on a lot of issues right there on stage with people, Mm. which I think is a really nice kind of... It's a really nice thing. It, I think there's way too many kind of things on stage where everyone kind of, yes, yeah, you know, you're exactly right. And for the audience, yep. they're sitting there going, "What have I paid for?" Yeah, uh, well, it, just be, it just becomes a panel of people that have divided the talk up between them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If everyone agrees. It's, there's no discussion. Or to your point, there's no relationship. Mm. They're not having a conversation. No, everyone, everyone's already agreed that everybody's correct. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Good point, Flynn. <laughs> exactly. Just give me some time. I disagree. It was a fast. We built that wonderful tree where it measured your heartbeat and turned it into animations. And We're going to put that sound. in the show notes because that's amazing. 
Yeah, we'll yeah, do it's coming back. Great. It's coming back. It's, oh, cool. it's going to be at the academy. So, like, come down and and play with it. It's a beautiful four meter high piece of art. Yeah. Great. Um, and that was a lot of trust. I mean, they they didn't know that that would work. Um, to their credit, they just wanted people to be inspired. They wanted to light the passion in people. Um. And uh, they wanted people to to walk away and and feel like that they, like everybody else in the world, was creative. That was the brief. That was it. Mm. Mm. It's the effect is brief. How do you want people to think? Stimulated. How do you want people to feel? Passionate. How do you, what, what will be the effect if we get people to think and feel that way? And that was like that everybody was creative. Mm. Uh, so that was the three things that Adobe gave us, and that turned into a four meter high tree with. 27 different music tracks and 27 different light displays. Yeah. So that takes us up to kind of the to Vivid just gone. Um, she Claire had the um, the global head of the Adobe brand and Luz come to the office. She asked for myself and, and a couple of the other effectors to come along, and we were sitting in there with. Um, Jason Little, who's an awesome guy. I haven't yeah. actually met him face-to-face before. He made me laugh a we've lot. Had, we've had Jason on the show. Yeah, yeah. The way he says butt is like a little kid. Oh, <laughs> right? Yeah, I haven't actually said that to him. He's a big listener, so he'll know But he his butt is usually... Like, actually, this is a really good example of why I believe he's creative. Mm. I can't wait to tweet this. We talked about Jason's butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but most people use butt in a way that cancels out everything before. You know, okay, so, okay. Yeah. yeah, I went home early, but it took me a long time to get home. Yeah, and suddenly the mood changed. I went home early, great, but it took me a long time to get home. Ooh, bad. Yeah, mm, right. <laughs> That's what but does. Yeah. It's a shitty word. Yeah. Oh, hey. Hey. Sorry. Oh, sorry, I was hating you about the analogy of the butt and shit, not the, the fact that you said shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I, I picked this up. Like, I love language. That Jason actually goes... I went, I went home early, but it took me a long time to get home. You know, like, nice. like a kid does. He goes, mm. he goes up like that. Um, so, yeah, he, he's, he, that must be great for the culture of his organization. <laughs> anyway, so... Which you can also hear on a podcast as well. Sorry? They're, they've got their own podcast, ah. which talks all... And they get really deep into the culture of the organization. Mm. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. It's worth it. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> That's a gift. Thank you. I will listen to that. <laughs> um, but... So, but, <laughs> but we were saying, um, but then, see how it works, doesn't it? Um, Anne asked uh, who was the poet and, and I sheepishly put my hand up because I don't get asked that very often. And then, like, um, she asked, would I, would I perform one of the poems? And I said, oh, that's <laughs> one of the most lovely questions you can ask me. Uh, of course I will. And as the head of Adobe, so I don't feel like I can really say no. <laughs> <laughs> Anne's bio is terrifying. Yeah, it is. Right. Like, it, like it's awesome. Yeah. In the true sense of the word, you know, like awesome, like standing in front of a tidal wave. <laughs> like, like before Adobe, she was at Intel. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, it's. We were reading through it on the way, and I was like, "Wow, okay." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she asked, and. Um, I, I knew the one I was going to do, and uh, so I stood up and I and I did it. Um, and she stood, and it was it's actually a beautiful experience because I saw all the emotions that I had wanted to conjure up in the poem and had felt when I was writing it flash before my eyes. Like it was, I knew it off by heart, so I could just watch her face the whole time. 
Right. Uh, and then she like paused at the end of it when I'd done for about a minute. Um, then picked up her phone, uh, which I thought was to tweet something or, or do something like that. Um, but she sent an email to send uh, myself and two other effectors and Jason uh, to LA for their huge Adobe Max three-day conference. Wow. Yeah, we were screaming, we're going to LA for about three days like <laughs> with clients who didn't know what we were talking about. It's like, an amazing we conference. So we'll, we'll put in the show notes. But um, I, I, before you told me about it, I didn't really know it existed, but it's huge. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah. I mean, massive in the LA kind of way that they do massive. So, mm. yeah, absolutely amazing. That's... But how, this is the question for you though, like after all the stuff that you've done, you know, you've always been a massive supporter of, of illustrators and the creative kind of community and trying to get them recognized outside of the creative community. And then, you know, obviously the effectors and, but you're going, you're being sent to LA on your poetry. I mean, is that, <laughs> is that a weird feeling for you or is that a natural evolution? It depends who you talk to. <laughs> <laughs> let's, um, let's get your wife on the line. <laughs> get my wife on the line. Uh, yeah, we have our first caller, <laughs> and I mean ever because we don't have a phone. <laughs> it's amazing this technology. <laughs> One of my dearest friends, um, Sam Cumming, who is the professor of philosophy at UCLA. We went to Melbourne Grammar together, and uh, we did literature. Um, when we went to Melbourne Uni, um, and we did poetry together in in our arts degree um, and I also did a commerce degree which made no sense back then and is too long a story for now <laughs> um, but it makes perfect sense now that I did arts and commerce yeah right um, but one of my favourite memories of friendship is that Sam and I used to write our poems and then meet at a cafe have a chocolate souffle <laughs> and good. pass the poems across the table and just be silent and just read each other's poems and mark up changes and pass them back. And uh, he actually said to me back then, you have like something special here. Please continue with this. Uh, and you're right, Matt. I didn't continue with it for a very long time. It came back and uh, felt like what I was born to do. Well, it was just before Rip was born, so it's three years ago. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, I've written about between 200 and 300 poems in each year up until now. So Sam would tell you, it's no surprise at all that poetry is the thing that got yep. me there. Yep. And it may, I guess it makes it, I didn't realize that about your, about your schooling that you'd done poetry. Cause I remember when you told me <laughs> and it was just, oh yeah, I'm doing poetry now. And I was like, was that as likely as if I told you that I was doing yeah, poetry? Yeah. And it was like, what? Sorry. <laughs> It was just that, I think you told me a poem, and I think the first thing I said was like, I've never really understood poetry, and you're like, that makes you the perfect audience, or something like that, and it was just that kind of like, and I thought, oh, maybe it's one of these things that Matt has, has come up with, and but now, look, in hindsight, I know that normally the things you do come up with is, kind of does go somewhere, um, you're tenacious in that kind of, in, in that kind of way, but yeah, it was, it was, I guess it was a surprise that it seemed to come out of nowhere, but... Obviously, it's been building like a time bomb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like, and I would like to come back to, I know we're towards the end of the time, but there's two things I'd like to do with your permission. One, bring this whole conversation back to complexity and complication. Yep. And two, uh, read your poem I wrote on the weekend, which I 
think is one of the most powerful ones I've done. Please. So the first one is you, you talked about all these different businesses that I have, which sounds complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be if there wasn't a way to integrate them all together. And that's the difference. Right. So complexity is that you could actually look at them and explain them to somebody and they'd go, oh, I see how all those things fit together. So it's beautifully complex, like a diamond. Yep. But complicated is a junkyard and it's just like a mess. Or I like to use the metaphor of the cables behind your TV at home. <laughs> right. Do not go there. You don't know where they go. Yeah. <laughs> don't touch them. Don't go there. should see my PC cables. <laughs> exactly. Mess. Yeah. So that's the difference. Um, and all of those businesses link together in the way that um, my role has always been to articulate between two worlds. The business world and the art world. Whether yep. it be visual arts, whether it be building the bridge or any of those things. It's always the two. Uh, so this poem, I think, does do this. I, I would be surprised if there was a person um, who didn't relate to and resonate with this poem. It was uh, written after I had the realisation that all I do, and all I do, is write them. The people around me are living the lives that inspire me to write them so they're not mine Hmm. so to end on a positive note and trust me on this (laughs) this poem is called How to Embrace Death take it away cheers to the memories this is it don't doubt it this is it this lick this sip this is it don't fear it Don't risk it by hiding within indecision. There's no need to force it. You'll prove it when they ask for it. This is it. Don't doubt it. This is it. This bite, this lick, this sip. This is it. It's time to do what you were born to. Don't fear it. Don't risk it by hiding within indecision. Agree or disagree with it. Stop pretending to be what they can handle. You are too hot to handle. Too bright to be hidden. There is no happy ending to an unapologetic life worth living. Don't turn down the heat because of the alarm. Let it trumpet so that you no longer squander your greatest resource by doubting your gift. The one you can give right now. To the people who can receive it in the spirit of your intent. Thaw the frost and change the weather, W-H-E-T-H-E-R. For it took every lifetime to create this moment. Life is not short, it is long. It takes every lifetime to make every moment and this is it. This poem, this word that has every lifetime written into it, this is it very good see I understand that that's great <laughs> we need an applause button we need a sound button <laughs> we need a crowd button where it's like oh. no, I just need your face <laughs> <laughs> wish that's all everybody else needed from me that was lovely thank you thank you Matt yeah 
That's fantastic. That Thank does, you for listening. That does take us to the end. It there's, does. There's two facts that I would like to clean up um, that I've sort of written down. First of all, in Futurama, um, Leonardo <laughs> da Vinci is from space. <laughs> So actually, I made a note to correct you on that. Can I just clear that up? Because <laughs> yep. in Assassin's Creed, he's actually an assassin. So. <laughs> I don't know where you got your facts from. That's brilliant. <laughs> Take the most creative guy and make him destructive. It's <laughs> good. And I was really excited that you did this. I, I, I think you actually did come back to it. But um, at the end of the Creative Mornings talk, uh, you, you mentioned something to me afterwards, which is something happened during the talk and you said, I'll get back to that. And then you kind of did the talk, and then it was over. And then lady said, "Do you see how I said get back to that? <laughs> it's a little trick I do. <laughs> if I go off on ta- I go off on a tangent. I don't know where I'm going. I'll bring it back. I'm like, I'll get back to that. No one ever notices. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> I wrote that down because I've been using it. I've been using it all the time. It was taught to me by a, a magician called uh, Vin. Is his name? He's a Vietnamese, and he, what he actually says, mm. um, is. He forgets something and he says, that that I just said then. That'll make sense later. Yeah. That's, that's right. That's, that's what you said. That's, that's it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I remembered it really well because it was, it's something I brought it up with my partner, Claire, as well. And she said, that's, that's something that you would do. And I said, I wrote that down. I am so excited about this new trick. And I have, I've used it on occasion. So I want to talk about that. I love that that was your takeaway. I really do. Genuinely. I, I, I had I was at lunch with someone who was phenomenally impressive, but they turn the bottom of the chips up. Have you seen that trick? No. So you buy a pack of chips, like and, a, and, like you, and you don't have crisps or yeah, uh, cri- cri- uh, cold chips, cold uh, room chips, temperature yeah. chips. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you don't want to sit them there, and they like sitting there, and you never know how much is left yeah. in there, and you're oh, digging you in the dregs. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, I'm glad this is a bit. Forget the rest of the thing. This is this is important. This is it. This, right. is it. <laughs> <laughs> this moment. Um, so you open the chips and then you push your fingers underneath like that, right? And you end up with a bowl. Uh, oh, okay. And you just keep doing it until the bowl's oh, empty. As you go. Oh, all right. New hmm. trick. Might try that. Hmm. So what we do is we just go around the end of the table and find out where we can find everybody after the show. So, Matt, where can people find you? Same place always, uh, Leechworth on Twitter. Yep, cool. And Matt, other Matt? You can find us now at 60 Hickson Road, um, opposite Barangaroo. Oh, so you're down the, yeah, that, that side? Yes, yeah, beautiful. as in that side being the rural. Sorry, like, I'm pointing. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't really help people that are listening to the audio version <laughs> of the show. Um, or, or, there's always or, a moment. I love it. Or, or, or anyone else from outside of Sydney, really. That's true. So. That's true. Yeah, the other side of Hickson Road. Okay, great. Fantastic. And what about online? Where can we find the effectors? Where, where can people find out about this? Uh, so, effectors is affectors.com. Yep. Effectors Academy is affectorsacademy.edu.au. Yep. And drawing book is, as it's always been... Drawing book studios dot <laughs> com dot au. Yeah. <laughs> Good. We'll well, another in, one we'll of those descriptions. Good, it hasn't we'll changed then. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me at Flynn Tracy pretty much on everything. I'm um, at flynntracy.com. So thanks, everybody. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode. You can find this episode and more at australiandesignradio.simplecast.fm. Um, you can get in touch with me or Matt at Matt or Flynn at AUSdesignradio.com. I don't know. (laughs) You've thrown me off, Matt. Um, You know where to find us. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.